Hey everyone, this is Annie just jumping in real quick at the top of the show to say sorry that this episode is so late. Carson and I have been super busy lately with life stuff. I got married and went on a honeymoon and Carson got a new job and moved across the country. So we've been super busy. This episode was recorded a long time ago, right when The Green Knight came out and I just had time to edit it. But don't fret because we will be back very soon. Our next episode will be a Chalamet all day. We're going to watch Dune and The French Dispatch if you want to watch that before the episode drops. Dune comes out on HBO Max and I think The French Dispatch is only coming out to theaters. Dune is also coming out to theaters. But thank you so much for being patient and we look forward to releasing more episodes soon. Also, there's some audio issues on this episode. It gets better a couple of minutes in, but we thought that the discussion was too good not to share. It's not unlistenable, but wanted to give a warning right at the top. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Mavens, a podcast about movies hosted by me, Carson Green. And me, Annie Janes. And this week, we have a spicy double feature for you about well i don't even know actually do we call it a spicy double feature okay well if you're new here hi welcome uh annie and i do this thing on this podcast called movie maintenance welcome (laughs) called the spicy double feature in which we watch two movies that are related in some way could be genre could be director could be uh main actor we've even done two episodes where um it's the same title so really it's anything that's spicy um, and this week we watched The Green Knight and we paired it with Rocky Horror Picture Show for reasons that I want to get into later. I want to, first of all, thank everybody who has left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it means a lot to us that you enjoy listening to this podcast and that you wanted a free sticker, which, by the way, If you're hearing this for the first time and you want a free Movie Maven sticker, all you have to do is write us a review on Apple Podcasts and then send us a screenshot of that review and we will send you a sticker. That's right, folks. Official merch. Before we talk about The Green Knight, I want to talk about the latest cultural phenomenon um, on HBO Max, White Lotus. Sweeping the Twitter sphere. Yeah. It, and like the conversation has not ended. It's still happening. So the, the season finale was like, I think it was last week, right? Right. There are theories about it. Like people are still theorizing. I actually, I follow... Um, a journalist who is writing an essay on on the books that were being read in the show. Like there's a lot to there's a lot to break down in this show. Yes. When I saw that everyone was like reading a book at some point, I'm like, okay, they're trying to say something with that. I should say too that I've only watched the first two episodes. And I have not been spoiled by Twitter. I at this point Two episodes in out of six. I have no clue where this is going. They, you know, they planted a seed in the opening of the first episode that somebody has died. 
And that's kind of all I have to look forward to in terms of where the story will go. Otherwise, I just like, I have no clue, but I'm very along for the ride. It is very entertaining. But what did you think, having seen all of it? Well, I binged it in a day. Whoa. Yeah, I know, which I don't do. But it didn't necessarily hold my attention the whole time. I don't know if I quite endorse the show, honestly. Like, like I understand Ooh. that it was, that, you know, it's a commentary on white privilege. Like, I, I get it. I think there was some funny moments. You know, it's a commentary. It's like it's like whoever was making the show, Mike White, you know, these these white privileged people at HBO Max. It's like they are looking in the mirror. <laughs> Something was lost in translation for me. Okay. I just I don't think it true. I don't think it really hit the mark. I was just going to say, like, it sounds like it didn't stick the landing with what it was trying to say. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the discourse on the internet is like, it's trying to say something, didn't really do it correctly or like super well, but it was still like entertaining because it had everybody watching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely it's entertaining. I think Sydney Sweeney is, she is going to be a star. She Who's is, that? Which one is that? Um, Olivia, Connie Britton's daughter. Yes, yeah, okay. Well, um, final thoughts on White Lotus is that um, I genuinely, I really like the weekly episode model. I think it works. I think it's it's timeless. We're back to that. We're yes. back to that. And uh, like, uh, okay, so I've been wanting to watch Nine Perfect Strangers, which is on Hulu. It's a Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman show. Um mm-hmm. I've been wanting to watch it, but like the the release model is... Like, they gave us three episodes or something, and then they're going to give us two more episodes. I don't know. It's just like, it just, it's like, you know, and it, okay, but like the fact that I binged watched White Lotus has nothing to do with my endorsement of I was just going to say, why? <laughs> but I just, I really like the way that it, that it has a conversation. And it, it makes me think about like, um, Barry Jenkins, uh, Underground Railroad. Like that was a cinematic masterpiece. It was so incredibly beautifully done and mm-hmm. they just dumped it. And like, it didn't get the recognition that it deserves. It like doesn't keep up the conversation as much because Twitter will talk about your show mm-hmm. once a week. And then right. when it when it's the finale, they'll talk about it for a full week. But when, when you release it all at once, it's like people are too afraid to go on Twitter to even talk about it because they don't want to spoil or maybe they spoil and people are pissed. It's like, right. it, it's messy. It's very sporadic. Like you get mm-hmm. sporadic viewers whenever you do a, a dump like that. I like yeah. the I like the weekly weekly release. I'm excited to get back to it. I don't mind it. I think there's just so much TV that I I'm not bored in between the week. Right. Of the episode. Anyway, uh if you're listening and you are on the fence about watching White Lotus, you know, um it's sort of like Sopranos or The Wire. It's like just one of those shows that you kind of have to watch. <laughs> that is, that's a big endorsement in my mind. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I necessarily. Okay, yeah, I can see. I can see that. <laughs> but just in terms of how big the conversation is, I think. We'll see if it lasts, though, because people yeah. are still talking about The Wire. Yeah, true. 
It it honestly though, it could have been a movie. Like they could have made mm. it an hour and a half and it could have been a movie. I'm only two episodes in, but I agree. I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Green Knight. Oh greatest of kings. Let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be deep. with some facts and then and then i'll go into uh i'll introduce the conversation okay the green knight came out july 30th 2021 in theaters i think you can can you rent this online yet yeah it's on amazon for 20 bucks okay it has an 87 percent on rotten tomatoes it was directed by david lowry who also directed a ghost story and pete's dragon it is based on the 14th century poem called Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It's starring Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, and Sean Harris. Here's the description from IMDb. A fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I have like basically the first act written out as context that I can say after Carson lays down what is what. <laughs> Okay, um, thank you, Annie. Mm-hmm. So, basically, after I watched this movie, I said, this movie is camp, and Annie said no. And then we took to the internet, and I said, is this movie camp? And a lot of people, I am not going to say the majority, because it was not. <laughs> I, have the, I have the numbers. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but I would say a fair amount of people agreed with me, and I kind of, you know, I want to... I want to define camp here right now, right here with you. Why do you think it's not camp? Okay. First of all, when you say a lot of people say it's camp, I'm going to just say 16.8% of people say that it's camp out of 100. Was that, is that out of 100? We talked to 100 people? No, just these are percentages of 100%. I don't know how many people vote. 64. 4% said it is not camp, and then 18% of people do not know what camp is, or they're just, like, trying to be funny. We got 113 votes on this poll, but not just that, because before I get into what camp is or isn't, we kind of went viral. Yo, shout out. (laughs) Can you read the receipts on this? Can you pull that up? Because some people quote tweeted our poll and some people some twitter verified movie journalists responded Mm -hmm. and i even reached out to my favorite movie journalist and he responded yep and he came down firmly and no it is not camp um that's david chen of the slash film or excuse me the film cast so uh this guy ben david grabinski um who's a filmmaker he quote tweeted us and said, I'm so confused by everything right now. Um, and Katie Walsh, a film critic for the LA Movie Times, <laughs> said, This person does not know what they are talking about. 
Well, um, can I just say that when I first read her tweet, I thought she meant the guy that, quote, tweeted us because mm. just by asking the poll, just by asking the question doesn't mean you're saying it's camp. It just means you're asking. Right. So it's, it is confusing to begin with, in my opinion. I read it as the guy didn't know what he's talking about when he said he's confused. <laughs> but then you were like, oh. then you were like, okay, I'm wrong. This journalist just like denounced it on Twitter. Shout out to this guy, Kyle K. Um, and this is, this is the opinion that I wanted to hear. This is, this is the response that I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Kyle K. Um, that is at KPK Boogie 99 said to me camp is also a part of the visual style i think that there are aspects of the green knight that done by somebody else in the 90s would absolutely be camp but the green knight is not camp interesting i missed this one i didn't see this one like he's saying that because it is so well like because it's so well done it cannot be camp and i am here to argue that the evolution, if we are saying that nothing done from now on cannot be camp, like I, that's not, that's like, that's not how evolutionary filmmaking works. That's not how art works. It's, it's ever evolving. I, I disagree in that, like, I just watched a very campy movie called The Suicide Squad. And I think that camp does not necessarily lie in visual style. I think it lies in humor. But I wanted to read one more tweet that comes down in the This is a Camp movie. Okay. From at CN Shoddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this person says... <laughs> when unwell Miranda, I just want to say. <laughs> All right. That's, yeah, that's his, like, name or this person's name. This person says, Oh, bitch. The Green Knight is the campiest Lord of the Rings cosplay in the room. Joel Edgerton and Dev Patel are making out in a corner, yet also complimenting each other's hair. Hashtag A24. This is like part of my argument that it is not camp. But should I divine camp? We haven't even done that yet. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So according to Merriam-Webster, Mr. Merriam-Webster, uh... The definition of camp is absurdly exaggerated, artificial, or affected in a usually humorous way. Um, Come on. Campy movies, when you look up, when you Google, like, a list of campy movies, um, the big ones that come up are, like, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, hence today's spicy double feature, uh, Barbarella, the Batman and Robin and or just batman and robin and the jerk before i tell you why i don't think it is campy i want to know why you think the green knight is campy like what about it made you say that that was like your first reaction to me anyways as far as the conversation went why is it campy there's some other comments here um like we get uh at um chet uh kalaski said um Quote, he, quote, Christ is born and he emerges from an orgy, um, which is true. That's literally the opening line to the movie. I don't think that's campy. I think that 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 is like dry humor. Right. But whenever you add in like the fantasticalness of the movie, like I think the the marriage of the two. Well, I I think I think that that discounts fantasy as a genre because I feel like a lot of the argument 
that you were making is like, like, oh, the fox talks. I'm like, but okay, the sorting hat talks or tree beard talks. I'm like, a lot of fantasy animals or objects talk. And I don't think that automatically makes it campy. Okay. I think adding in those. So like we get those two things, but then there's also so much like sexual tension and there's so many sexual undertones. The combination of all three of those, it just like, it screams camp to me. And there was one line where, okay, so um, Sir Garwin is at the, he's like in the middle of his voyage and he's at, uh, what is her name? The the, mm. the princess? She's like the What's her? headless lady. So she asks him to go find her head in the spring. Mm-hmm. She, she is dead. Yes. Uh, Sir Garwin doesn't know that, presumably, or like... It's He's figuring just... it out, I think. Yeah, right. Um, and she says, can you please go fetch my head in, in the spring? And the audience kind of puts it together um, that he has to go do that in order for her to find her final resting place. Um, you know, she's been dead for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, we've all seen movies, so we know about ghosts needing resting places yeah (laughs) this is very true um but he looks at her and he says if i do this for you what do i get out of it (laughs) yes and the camera and the camera is it's straight on to her from like her from like shoulders up Mm -hmm. and she says she turns to him oh yeah and she says, mm-hmm, I got this. Why would you ask me that? Why would you ever ask me that? That to me, come on. Like, I, that's not camp, that though. Right there kind of so, it's yes, dry yes, humor. I think it is. Not, but like you, you just, you combine all of those things with the fantastical element. She is dead and she owes this man no explanations. <laughs> he's wanting to get it in. He literally wants to, he's asking her, what do I get out of it? Like, can I? Can I please fuck you? You know, like, that's what it is. It's a whole combination of all of these things. But that line right there sort of solidified to me, oh, yeah, this is camp. The movie knows what it's doing there. It's just a funny line, and it happens to be in a fantasy film. I think calling it camp, like, discounts fantasy films, and it discounts, like, I don't know, like, gay cinema. Because according to the Lynn Unwell Miranda shout-out, incredible Twitter name, Saying that, like, oh, they kissed, now it's camp. I'm like, that That logic makes me think that any time men kissing, I have to think it's, ha, 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 now it's a campy movie. And I'm like, I think it's, like, a disservice to, to gay cinema or to, like, fantasy cinema. Because I'm like, the minute the, wolf, the fox showed up, I'm like, ooh, I hope he talks. Because I've seen and, like, consumed fantasy media before. And the fact that they had the joke, I think... It's just him being funny. It's just dry humor. I don't think it was like meant to be read as campy humor. To me, campy cinema is where the creator takes silliness very seriously. How is that not what it did? The Green Knight is very serious and it takes itself seriously. I don't think it's trying to be silly. I don't think it takes itself seriously. Are you, whatever the, the, the giants turned around, mm-hmm. I, that was, like that whole scene what that was how is that campy because there's giants okay i need to take a we need to take a step back (laughs) right now 
<laughs> and I need to ask you. Yes, zoom out. As you are explaining this, it sounds to me like you are interpreting camp and the definition of camp as an inherently negative thing. I'm just saying that it's it's silly, which I love silly things. But I think it when you call this movie camp, I'm like, I think this movie is trying to take itself very seriously. With the cum shot? <laughs> I mean, you can laugh. I don't know. The, just because you laugh doesn't mean it's campy either, though. Like, okay, in Suicide Squad 2 or in in, in uh in At the World's End, there's two. See, but it's 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 concerning to me. It's concerning to me that you are naming bad movies as camp. Those aren't bad movies. And I- <laughs> Shaun of the Dead is an amazing movie and it's super campy. Suicide Squad. It's not two. Just the Suicide Squad. Pretty di- pretty good movie in the uh-huh. Suicide Squad. A character is going to go fight a, a superhero is going to go fight somebody and he detaches his limbs and the limbs like swing over. Like this, just like in At the World's End, like helicopter style. And the limbs start fighting somebody, like the girl whose like legs are her arms. It's like absurd humor. That's what it says in the definition, absurdly exaggerated. And I don't see like the Green Knight as being being that way. I don't know. So you think it, it's, it's only defined within the style of humor? Camp, you mean? Like camp is different? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, are you saying there can be campy movies that are not funny? Or See, the, whenever I think of camp, I just think of, like, big theatrics over the top. I'm not necessarily thinking about the style of humor. I'm just thinking about more like, like Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror is over the top and then some. Yeah, okay, I, I, I understand you now. You're right. I think that 99% of the time camp is humor and it is that way even in Rocky Horror, but agreed like sometimes camp can just be over the top. But I, again, I just don't think the Green Knight is trying to be over the top in the same way that Rocky Horror is trying to be over the top. To me, it's just like is being a fantasy film and Rocky Horror is straight up uh, a parody you think Rocky Horror is a parody of what? Science fiction and B-movies. This is what... No, this is like... A, it's definition. If you like read about Rocky Horror, even just on Wikipedia, it's like a parody of like B-movies and science fiction from like the 40s and the 50s. I'm, this is just what... This is just what movie scholars have said. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I... Okay, my next concern here is that... You keep saying the Green Knight, it's trying to take itself seriously. And I think that is just like giving a lot of credit to the intentions of the filmmaker when, like, I guess just the way that I receive films is at face value. I'm not thinking about what they're thinking about when they're making the film. I'm just saying, like, if the if the movie was trying to be campy, in my head, like... It would just be played out very differently, like when he gets, when, ooh, I don't want to spoil things yet. I want to spoil things when we just talk about, like, the things we liked and didn't like or whatever about the movie, for sure. We haven't spoiled anything yet, I believe, which is great. But, um, I don't know, like, back to the fox example. There's a fox in the film that helps uh, Sir Gawain. And 
I don't get why the fact that he just talks makes it campy to you. Because I'm like, animals and objects talk in like every fantasy movie. Why is this one different? That's not the only reason I think it's campy. The marriage of the three elements of the fantasticalness of the film, the just underlying sexual tension and sexuality, mm-hmm. and also, yeah, the, the, the humor. Um, I think that the marriage of those three things is what makes it camp, and I am going to argue that this is what the future of camp is. I don't think that I, I don't want to pigeonhole every future campy movie that it has to be specifically. It has to be just like Rocky Horror. It has to be just like Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a new, this is a new, it's a, it's a new one. It's brand new. I mean, like, this is a great movie. It's sincerely like a very good, it's a very fun it's well executed. It's well acted. It's beautifully written, beautifully directed. Cinematography is amazing. As it ages, I think that we're going to look back at this movie and say, yeah, this is where this is a turning point for camp. This is this is like a new camp. Well, only time will tell in that case. So that was Twitter. Yes. But I did ask some people on Instagram. OK, so our followers. Okay. We got um eight vote or eight votes for no and five votes for yes. Okay, closer. Yeah. And then my followers. So not just the movie Maven's followers, but yes. my followers. I got thirteen for yes and five for no. This is interesting. I still I still just I feel very strongly that this is just not camp and like even just listening to David Lowry talk about it. I know you say, like, you when you watch a film, you don't, like, listen to... Or you're not thinking about what the director has in mind. But I think that has something to do with what the movie is. Is like, what the director is making it out to be. I'm not saying that camp is bad, but I think, like, chopping this movie up to camp takes away from what it is trying to do in some See, ways. See, but then that... That whenever I hear that, like you, I hear that you are defining camp as an inherently negative trait. Like to put this label on it would be to discount the movie. And that's not what I'm doing whatsoever. I don't think it discounts the movie. I think it discounts like the ways that you're saying the movie is campy, which is like it being fantasy, like fantastical or it having like sexual tension or homosexual tension. But like, I'm not, I'm, I, I am not defining it negatively in any capacity whatsoever. Right. But it sounds like you are. I don't know. I'm just saying that it, fantasy movies should not be, should not equal camp because they're two different things. And I think when you say it, it's camp, it, it means you're not taking fantasy seriously. But you're, you're saying you're taking camp seriously, so it's not negative. I hear you. But I think like yeah. by doing that, it's like not taking fantasy seriously. Yeah, but like not every fantasy movie has the like level of like wicked humor that that this movie does. Right. But I also believe that humor doesn't equal camp either. Anyways, time will tell. Agree to disagree. But it sounds like we agree that this movie is awesome. It's so good. Okay. It's an incredible mo- it's a feat of a movie. Truly. Truly. Can you tell me the runtime on it, though, actually? 
Uh-huh. Two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah, see, I felt that extra 10 minutes. I did. <laughs> the 10 minutes got you. Okay, it, it, I mean, this movie is super slow. And I've heard some people not like it just because of that. And you know what? Carson and I often can't hang, but I hung. Oh, yeah. And it helps that I saw this first showing matinee, for sure. Uh, before we get into just the details, I'm going to give a little context of the story. So Gawain, Sir Gawain, in the in the movie, he's not a knight. In the in the poem, he starts out as a knight. Uh, but he is King Arthur, yes, the King Arthur of the Sword and the Stone, right? He's his nephew. Uh Gawain grew up in Camelot and spends his time getting drunk and at the brothel, and he kind of like has fallen in love but won't commit to one of the women there named Essel. Um but he can't commit. During the there's a Christmas feast at the round table of the knights in the round table, and while the Christmas feast is happening, Gawain's mother, who is Sir Arthur or King Arthur's sister, I forget her name, Mary Magdalene or Mag, Ma no, that's definitely not it. That ain't her. <laughs> it's Mary Magdalene. <laughs> it's uh oh, you know the cast list doesn't even say because it's very vague. Whatever whatever King Arthur's sister's name is, it starts with an M. Uh, she performs this like witchy ceremony that summons the Green Knight. The Green Knight appears and he says, I have a game to play. Someone can cut me. And in a year's time, I will cut them the same way they cut me. It's that simple. So uh, Gawain volunteers and for some stupid reason decides the cut should be his entire head off his body. And the then the Green Knight gets up off the floor and grabs his decapitated head and runs off laughing. And he's like, I'll see you in a year, pal. And, and that's the first act of the film. Um, we'll spoil more later, but Carson, what did you like about this movie? What did you not like about it? Uh, you know, so as previously mentioned, I thought that all of the acting was fantastic. I thought that the direction was fantastic. I thought that the sound design was good. Like, genuinely, I can't think of one single thing that I didn't like about this movie, except for the extra 10 minutes. Um, you know what? I really specifically liked the color. So good. Of this movie. I was just reading about the color. Oh, go on. Just that, uh, they went for like a blue green because green reads like neon on camera. And that mm. all the red was just like to signify death. Simple, simple shit. And like his gold, mm -hmm. golden cape he wears, I think represents okay. some sort of golden thing he wears in the poem, but nothing crazy. But it, it's super pretty to look at. That's what matters. I want to touch on specifically the king. Yes. And Sir Garwin himself. Mm -hmm. um, the way that these two people were portrayed um, like Sir Garwin, the whole year between when, like, he um, met the Green Knight, decapitated the Green Knight, and then before he went on his journey, he just kind of read and, and like, appeared as, like, a coward. Yeah, right. It was just really good storytelling, like, that whole year. Like, just whenever he was talking to the king, you know, the king was like, Tell me a story about your life. And he was like, oh, I don't have any tales. And then now he fi he like finally has the opportunity to make a tale and like to make a name for himself. 
yeah, it's just giving him a weakness, as it's called, like, usually sometimes in character development that he needs to uh, overcome. And which, which is funny because I'm sitting there expecting the year between the head cutoff moment. I'm I'm expecting him to like train and like beef up. Aren't you? <laughs> I was yes, thinking right. he was going to go like become a master swordsman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nope. He just continued to get drunk and go to the brothel. Which I think is funny because I think it sort of justifies why the mom would do such a thing as as conjure up this beast, which will harm her son. But it's in this interview with David Lauer, he was saying that like he experienced himself this period of his life where he was just like living at home and he didn't know what to do with himself. And I think his like mom kicked him out as sort of like, a okay, you need to go be an adult now. Like, come on with yourself. And this is like the uh, Camelot's version of that, where a mom like summons a knight so that his son can make a name for himself. Really, yeah, I I like the mom. God, I just love this. I just love this movie. And while I was watching it, I wasn't sure if I was loving it, to be honest, because I was like, oh, "Oh, it's slow. Uh, It looks beautiful, but like, where's it going? Is it just gonna be?" And I, you know what, I didn't think I was like, I mean, I didn't, I don't love this thing normally is that it's very like episodic where it's like the hero goes here and then he goes here and then he goes here. There's even title cards. There's even title cards. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I typically don't like that because I'm like, Hey, I didn't come to read a, read a book. Like you can connect (laughs) these things movie, you know, you're smarter than this. But in doing that, it also like doesn't explain anything like it never says king arthur it never says you know there's a a wizard on screen and i'm like is that merlin like it never even says that or not merlin yeah merlin and it's just for you to figure out which was actually a lot of fun or like i saw it with a friend and you know the green knight he or not the green knight well it's kind of funny because the green knight means the guy he fights and also that he's a knight that is very green you ever think about that one Yep. Yep. <laughs> he so he gets all of his shit stolen that he needs for this quest like immediately, which is hilarious. And he has to go through these like very ancient trials to get them back that I I'm assuming his mother's also orchestrating. And when he gets his axe back, my friend was like, "Was that the same axe? Like or was that the same belt?" In my mind, definitely. These are all just tests that the mother is like making Mm. that's how i read it interesting i read i didn't even think this that the old woman that was like at that house bro that was weird that was the mom because the mom wears the same blindfold when she's performing the ritual dude i i really appreciated the fact that she was not addressed I know. In any capacity. But think about how creepy it is if she is the mom. Like, she was standing there right after the cum shot. The camera, like, pans over her. <laughs> I believe that's his mom, and I didn't even think that. That's why I like this movie. I think I, I saw it. I understood maybe 70% of it, and I'm still, like, learning about it. It's definitely, you know, like, this movie not only asks for a second and third watch, but I think it requires it. I think in order to fully appreciate like the the next levels mm-hmm. of this movie, you have to watch it a couple of times. In fact, I was talking to 
friend of the pod, um, Wack Zance. Shout out Zach. Um, today, and he told me that he watched it three times. Whoa. In theaters. <gasps> in theaters. Three times. True fan. Dead ass. Like, I think that's how it should be watched. I think, like, this is truly a cinematic fucking movie, <laughs> man. And I can't, like, thinking about it, like, I can't even, I can't even remember the last time. Like, the last movie of, like, yes, you have to see this a couple of times in theaters. And when I say that, it's not like a chore either. It's more of a delight. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know what I missed completely that I really want to see it again for? I don't know if you saw this, but oh, apparently when uh, Sir Gawain goes to... He's not a Sir yet, I guess. He goes to the Green Knight, and the Green, the Green Knight is, like, sitting there asleep still. Apparently, the Green Knight's face shifts from Joel Edgerton to... Alicia Vikander to King Arthur to his mom and then finally to Dev Patel. Whoa. I did not notice it at all. Me either. But apparently that happens. Joel Edgerton. Yes. When I saw this man on screen, mm-hmm. any the way that my jaw dropped. <laughs> what about it? Just that he was there? He just, he just, first of all, yes, that he was there, and then he looked so good, and then he was so, like, mmm, como se dice, like, sneaky. Like, he was so, what's, like, what's the word for mysterious, but in, like, a bad way? Mischievous? No. Mischievous. Is that, that's more playful? Yeah, he, <laughs> I, but I think he was kind of playful, though. I yeah. I mean, like, it was... It, that was such a good character, and he is so good. He does really well. I think the the thing, the part of the movie that I still understand the least is the scene at Joel Edgerton's estate, because as as in the not the scene, but the whole freaking chapter there, because I didn't really like Alicia Vikander's monologue. Did not like it. That's the one thing I didn't like about this movie. I have no fucking clue what she was trying to say there. <laughs> And I read that that was not in the poem. And I think that was David Lowry just like jerking off all over the pages. He was like, I'm such a smart fucking director. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, no fucking clue what that means. Joel Edgerton is like, "Uh, I get what you get. And Dave Patel's like, "Uh, okay, sounds like a pretty sweet deal for me. And it results in a little kiss. Like, I, I don't really know what it's trying to do there. I think in the poem, Dove Patel is there a lot longer and he's like giving him lots of kisses. I don't even know. <laughs> I still don't know. Still don't know what it means. Um, I like that. I guess like it means that, I don't know, because, okay, Dev Patel falls under the temptation of Lisa Vikander, but the lady version. and. And which, like, how can you not? Yes, but at the end, so she gives him the belt back, and she's like, mm-hmm. you're no knight. She says to him, like, you're no knight. And she's disappointed uh-huh. in him, and he's, like, made yet another mistake. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't get it, because he pro- he was supposed to get his belt back. It's like conflicting to me because she's like, you're no knight, but he needed the belt back. I don't know what the mom was like trying to do in that moment. I thought it was, she was commenting on like his, 
lack of sexual prowess in that moment. Like he came too soon? <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. <gasps> that's not a bad like, read. Yeah, that's it. That was my immediate like, oh, <laughs> she's fucked real nights before. <laughs> not a bad read. It could also be that like he he shouldn't even want the belt. He doesn't need the belt to begin with. Because, like, at the end, he's not supposed to use it. Um, Maybe it's that. I don't know. I'd love to hear people's interpretations. I think a good thing about this movie, too, is you can have many, and they might not all be wrong. They could all be right. Yeah. Except camp. Okay, I do want to hear... Just kidding. (laughs) 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 I do want to hear what your... um, I... What your interpretation of the giants were. Like, as soon as I saw them, I thought that it was going to be, like, a bigger thing than it was. But the scene was, like, very brief. Right. And I think that agreed. Same. Same thing here. I think that it just speaks to the episodic nature of it. It's like, then he meets the giants. They're not relevant. Bye. Next. Let's move on. Uh, And I read it as he is still trying to achieve his quest complete his quest the easy way and he needs to learn how to do this like man the fuck up be the knight and do your damn quest Mm -hmm. the way you're supposed to yeah that's how i read it as i kind of saw it as like um it's time to like trust the fox because in a way the Mm. fox protects him and like communicates with the giants when he couldn't but yeah, I like your I like I like your interpretation. Maybe it's both. I guess the fox was trying to protect him. Well, I don't know. At the end he's like, "Don't do it. Like please don't get yourself killed." But at, in my mind he he was meant to do that. He should have I wanted him to go do it to complete his quest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too, but also like the fox was like the giant was going to just fling it fling fling it. <laughs> it seems like and the fox stepped up and was like no 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 could be i think that if if that's the case which i could see it then the fox or this is just another moment of Gawain being like kind of a coward dummy and the fox yeah. is like you idiot you don't speak to them <laughs> yeah mm, yeah one thing about the fox is i just did not appreciate the cgi on that thing i thought it looked good until it had to like speak uh, I don't know. The first time I saw it in the forest, mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the best, but I no. think that they had a pretty small budget on this thing. Really? Yeah, like they and they did a lot of actual matte paints instead of CG, which is kind of crazy. That's tight. Um, let me look it up because it's fifteen million. That is really fucking low. How did they do this? That's tight. Oh my god! How much did they pay Joel? Probably not much. Let's let's talk about the let's talk about the ending because I I don't feel strongly about the ending. I don't have like I really it's one of those things for me where like this is a cliche, but it's about the journey, it's not about the destination. Yes. Okay. I I do feel strongly about the ending, but at the same time, I think you are a hundred percent right. Because well, okay, let, let me explain what happens if, if those want to know. 
turn turn back ye who don't want spoilers but <laughs> Gawain finally makes it to the green knight after trials and tribulations and the green knight's like what up dude like thank you so much for honoring our game and i'm like games back then were really fucked up <laughs> They didn't know yeah, what games were just yet. Um, right. So he's like, all right, get get on your knees. Let me see your neck. And Gawain does that. And then he chickens out like three times. He's like, no, 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 please, please don't. And then he's like, okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. And then he swings and then he flinches again. And then finally Gawain's like, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I can't do it. So he runs away. And then we, we have like 15 minutes maybe of his life until his death and this was my favorite moment of the whole movie this whole scene of seeing him become the king he has a baby with essel the woman from the brothel he freaking takes the baby pays her off says get out of my life like i can't marry a commoner he marries someone that is of royalty they have a kid together no it was it was the it was the headless lady okay i thought it was but it's a different actress what why would they do that the, the i i hate that they i wish it was the headless lady you know what i'm gonna just believe that it was because i wanted to as well let's say it is i think it is okay then it's the headless lady all right he marries the headless lady they have kids his son dies in war he's old everyone in Camelot is pissed at him. They're throwing shit at him. Uh, then there's a siege and his kids and his wife run away and the doors bust open some enemy army. We don't even see them. And he takes the belt that is supposed to save him, keep him from getting his head chopped off, the cum belt. He takes it out of his abdomen for some reason. Don't know why that happened. I kind of wish it was just around his waist. And then his head just falls clean off his head. His head falls off his shoulders. Just clean off. And his crown like clatters to the ground. And then we cut back to where we left off with the Green Knight. And Dev Patel's like, actually, okay, I can do this. He takes the belt off, meaning like chop my head off. He offers his neck and then the Green Knight chuckles. He smiles and he says, now off with your head. After doing a little like thumb across the neck thing. Okay. A couple things. I Go interpret on. that as him saying, because it's a play on words, him saying, off with you. You know, get out of here. Off with your head. Mm. You've, mm -hmm. you've passed the game. Because he smiles. The way he says it, I just fully believe that he's saying, like, Go on. It's okay. You won. You did the game. But David Lowry also shot the moment where he actually cuts Dev Patel's head off. And that was in the movie. And he's like, that's way too dark. So he cut it off to leave it ambiguous. He wanted it to be ambiguous. But I am just saying that's how I interpret the ending. Yes, he won the game in that he, like, is, he gets over his fear. Mm -hmm. And he succumbs to death. Actually, you know what? You're right. I think whether or not he gets his head cut off or not, I think he wins either way. Because the winning isn't not getting her head cut off <laughs> the winning is that he you know wasn't a coward he he figured he he became a knight or he grew brave whatever it was the journey it wasn't the destination whether or not his head yeah. is off or not he still won in my opinion even if he, his yeah. head's cut off he did win right because the journey right. it was about the journey yeah 
Yeah, he he came to terms with his fate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in his flash forward, it took him his entire life to come to terms with his fate. And he realized it was, like, all for nothing. Right. Yes, I loved that so much. Uh, and I love that there's that scene when he meets the the guy that always plays a freaking weirdo who's like a traveler on the road. <laughs> okay, but no, it's not that actor. I thought it was that actor. I thought it was the guy from, you're talking about the guy from like uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. That is, the, that is 100% that person. No, it's not. I promise you. Are you looking it up right now? Yes. I would put money on it. It is. Are you serious? Yeah. God, I love and Dunkirk. That guy. He, yes, Dunkirk. He looks so different. I I thought it. I thought for sure, like by the time he robbed him and like ran off with his horse, that it wasn't him. I I at first thought it was him. I don't know, but everybody like looks so weird in this movie. I can't explain. I know it. even Alicia Vikander when she's like the lady. I was like, is that her? Like I couldn't even tell at right. first. But anyway, when when he gets robbed by that guy. There's this crazy long shot. This is when I wasn't sure if I even liked the movie still. Where Dev Patel's tied up. We pan to see what he's looking at. And then we pan all the way back. And he's like a skeleton. And that shot takes literally full on minutes to do that. It was so good. And in my mind, that was... And then we cut and he's alive. And he's like, fuck this. I'm going to scooch. I'm going to make... I'm going to survive, basically. He gains the courage Mm -hmm. and the motivation. But that is like almost like a... I don't know, plant payoff or foreshadowing of how the end is structured, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. I have one last thing to say. Okay. Um, I just really loved the costume design here. I really hope that um, whoever the costume designer was or whatever team, I really hope that they get, uh, they get some uh, recognition for it. I, I've, really fucking loved the um the crown oh, oh yeah my god okay it's incredible i read that the costumes are not period accurate because they couldn't like afford that so the costume designer just sort of like made shit up and i thought it i thought it worked super well just the detailing was so beautiful also there's an after credit scene of oh what yes Do you want to know what happens? No. Oh, okay. Well, it it kind of like makes me think the ending might be different, but I just really love the way I see the ending in my own mind. (laughs) Wait, okay. Now I do want to know. God, what? It's just a little girl that picks up the crown. Oh, Like a kid, which makes me think that, okay, Gwen is dead. King Arthur is dead because he was like on his freaking deathbed. Uh, Literally. Yes. And so he has no heir, and in my mind, like, some little girl is just like, I'm next. I don't know. I don't even know what that scene means again. I, this is just my interpretation. Wow. Cool. But a ghost story, the other movie by David Lowry, is, like, ten times slower than this movie, if you can believe it. But it does the same thing where the last, like, 20 minutes just wrap things up so beautifully that I'm al- I almost like that movie. And in this movie, I did like it, but the last 20 minutes or whatever made me love this movie. In fact, it might be my favorite of the year so far. Uh, I See, I didn't think it was slow. I did think it was slow, but I was there for it. 
It's honestly, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. One more, sorry, I, I'm ready to rate it too, but just the pacing starts really quickly. Like the music's fast. Gwen is running through the brothel, like, and then it just kind of slows down. <laughs> yeah. To like almost a screeching halt. But again, it wasn't a bad thing for me, but if I if we tried to get like our parents to watch this, I don't think my parents could sit through it. You see, my parents did watch it, and my mom told me that she she was bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, let, let's rate it. Okay. Oh uh, well, you know it's a, it's um I'm gonna watch it again and again and again and again. I'm gonna recommend it to everyone that I talk to, all of my friends. Um, it's a ten. It's a ten out of ten for me. I I um am delighted that it's a ten out of ten. I think that this movie is not without its flaws, but it doesn't stop me from liking it anymore. So you know, if if I was rating it just on as the film, like as it is, I would say an eight. But based on my enjoyment, it's a ten out of ten. You got to go with enjoyment, man. Oh yeah, that means the movie made a score for Green Knight. Is it the Green Knight? I want to say is a ten out of ten. It's the Green Knight, yeah. All right, everybody, go watch it. Um, okay, well, you know, our spicy double was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Look, I'm cold, I'm wet, and I'm just plain scared. I'm here. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Annie, can you just hit me with some facts and let's just have a brief chat about it? Yeah. Let's a little quick chat about Rocky Horror. Uh, this movie came out September 25th, 1975. It has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Jim Sharman. It's based on the musical stage production from 1973 written by Richard O'Brien, who is also Riff Raff. He's like the hunchback that turns out to be uh, the alien, like, bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, it's starring Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, and Barry, Barry Bostwick, and I believe Meatloaf. Is it yep. this movie? <laughs> Here is the description from IMDb. A newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at the bizarre residence of Dar- Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, before you say anything, I just have to say this is my first time ever seeing this movie. Are you being serious? I'm serious. I've never seen it before. I'm sorry. I have to catch my breath. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that, I didn't know that. Yes. It's, it's one of those things where it's like so hyped up that it almost like stops you from seeing it. Cause you're like, it's never going to be as good as you guys love it, which is a shame. Cause you got, cause like people freaking stand this movie and it's been so hyped that i'm like can it actually be that good if that makes see, sense see see but the thing about the thing about this movie um i just want to say let me just give a little background on my experience with rocky horror mm-hmm. um i uh so i first watched it in college i was taking a film class i was taking a cult film class and this was our finale and we like had a whole like we had a whole theater like we did all the things we did the newspaper and the rice and the bread and like and the umbrellas like we did all of it and it it was like a it, it's a pro- 
production. Can you explain what that means? Rice bread umbrellas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just like during during the film, um, like uh, so whenever Susan Sarandon gets out of the car, uh, whenever they very first get the flat. Oh yeah, she's carrying the newspaper. Yeah, so she has the newspaper over her head, and then like part of the bit, part of like being in the audience is that you also you put newspaper over your head, like during that scene. Um, and there's just like a couple of other instances, um, like and it's 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 a community experience. Yes. And don't you like, aren't there like lines that are not even in the movie that just people say at the screen? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like responses, like you're, it's a dialogue with the audience. Yes. Right. It, 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 it yeah. Um, so I watched it. That was the, my first experience with it. And then um, I watched, they did a couple of weekends in a row at the guild Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago, and I went, and it was it was just like fun. And my professor, I remember my professor saying that like she went every weekend for years when she like wow. late high school, early college. She went for years to Rocky Horror. It's just like it was a hobby at one point to go and see Rocky Horror. Like it was. It it's a community experience. Um, yes, so that is why I just haven't seen it for so long because I'm like watching this alone in my living room as I kind of have to with COVID right now. Like, it's just not going to be the same. So that was like the scenario that I had to watch it. But I do want to go to like an, a Rocky Horror Night, which they still have at the Guild, I'm sure, uh-huh. because I'm sure the like the experience will be a lot different. Yeah, I watched it last year on Halloween at a um, drive-in. That was my Halloween last year. It was Rocky Horror. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it just, with that in mind, um, is, it the, is it the greatest movie? No. Does it live up to the hype? I don't think so. I think it's meant to be enjoyed in, in a theater. I think it's meant to be enjoyed with other people. Yeah, it's more of like an activity than just like a movie. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, yeah, right. But what? I will say these are the, these are my takeaways. Uh-huh. Tim Curry is everything. He's so hot. He's everything to me to this movie. He's I so hot. I didn't even know Susan Sarandon was in this movie. Like that's how little I fucking knew about this movie. <sighs> and when Tim, okay, my favorite part of the movie is the time warp dance scene. Of course, yes. And all the way until Tim Curry like is introduced. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, one of the I could I think this could be like a top ten character introduction, like that on par with like Darth Vader. <laughs> like it, I felt the vibe of him entering off, coming off that elevator. Uh huh. And I was like, oh shit, Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. I've never like just his voice. Oh, he's like everything about him. I don't know. He just was perfect. He uh, made the movie so good. I, you know, up until that point, I was really like, um, I'm going to say naive up until like when I first watched this, I yeah. never knew that I could be attracted to a man in lingerie. 
<laughs> but right. he just yeah he is the movie i saw a really funny letterboxd review that was like this is what black philip meant when he said <laughs> live deliciously <laughs> <laughs> and i did the movie did genuinely make me laugh out loud i saw this alone like i said on my couch i still laughed out loud <laughs> I love so that. it is genuinely funny the part that got me the most was, again, during the time warp dance. First of all, that scene goes on so fucking long that that, that alone is funny. <laughs> but they're explaining the dance as they're doing it. And then we cut to, like, the investigator. And he, like, has a graph behind him. He's like, you'll jump to the left. And then we cut back and then they, like, keep doing the- <laughs> That, like, really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Susan Sarandon. God, what a treat. What yeah. an absolute treasure she is. I think it's so funny that she's in this movie. I don't know why. I just had no idea. Uh, the, the movie itself, again, plot, pretty bad. I don't even freaking know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what the movie's, like, even about. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, when it, whenever the movie was about the plot, I was pretty bored. Yeah. I was like, just sing again, you know? <laughs> just, just start singing. Where's Tim Curry? Like, just bring him back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here is one thing that I noticed uh, on this viewing. Um, this is a, just a little tiny nugget that I didn't get before was the guy in the wheelchair was like, okay, whatever the guy's name is that they kill. I think his name is Eric. Um, like meatloaf. Oh, Eric. Yeah. 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 So they're like, so he goes like, where is Eric? And having just served everyone at the table slices of Eric. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Tim Curry goes, that's a tender subject. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure I miss so much of this movie because of like, not hanging on every word. I need to watch it again for sure. It's that so- is so funny. <laughs> His voice, like that's a tender subject. I can't like, I could just listen to him speak. Honestly, honestly, he's so, you know, God bless frankenfurter fearless god, yeah god bless tim curry a beautiful movie it is um a cultural phenom i would say yeah oh absolutely a new goal of mine and your friendship i want to go to a rocky horror picture show with you we have to yeah i need that yeah i also need okay. that i just penciled it in <laughs> amazing i'm so glad that you watched it i guess i i maybe i did realize this was your first watch okay but yes it is camp it is like oh yeah this is camp like when i'm watching this i'm like how is the green knight anywhere near this like i just can't even get into it (laughs) agree to disagree um super camp it's uh i don't i honestly don't want to score it because i'm like is it even a movie? No. You know, no. And I was just thinking about what I would score it, and I genuinely can't. Yeah, it feels like wrong to score it. I mean, it feels right to score it if you're like a person that goes to the nights and you're like, you know, every line. And since I'm not there, I I think it's unfair to me to score it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I feel like everyone and and i genuinely mean every person i think every single person should watch this movie should have this experience because that's what it is it's an experience 
And when they watch it, they should be brought to a uh, a show, like a showing. Yeah. So I, they know, mm-hmm. you know, the love for it. Anyway, great movie. I'm glad you watched it. Me too. Okay, great. Wonderful. I want to, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, I want to hear what you think about camp, um, how you define it, or like, uh, you know, what you thought of our conversation. I'm interested to hear. Okay, uh, if you want to chat with us, hit us up on Instagram, at Movie Mavens. Um, if you want to tweet us, uh, maybe we'll tweet out some polls in the future that you should be part of. Um, that is at Movie Mavens Pod. Um, if you want to write us an essay on what you think camp is and your experience with Rocky Horror, um, please email us at moviemavenspodcast at gmail.com. If you want a free sticker, that's right, folks, for free. Um, you can leave us an Apple Podcast review and send us a screenshot uh, in any of those three things that I just listed. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Movie Mavens out.